0: Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung.
0: And I'm Dan with uh, a surprise uh, co-host this week. Uh, Los couldn't be here.
1: Yeah, you know, just low slacking as usual. Surprise, surprise, right?
0: Yeah, I know. Really, such a slacker.
1: <laughs> How dare he? But <laughs> uh, as we were just talking about before we started recording, it's been yet another crazy week. In really, just a very strange, strange season and a strange, strange year, right?
0: Oh, I, I, yeah, this this was a bad week for me. Even though I did well in fantasy, it just. A lot of things I thought was going to happen didn't happen. And it was just, I don't know. i was My mind was boggled by some of the stuff that happened.
1: Yeah, uh, quite a few upsets here. Um, a few surprise losses for teams like New England and Miami. And, well, we'll, we'll get to all those games. Uh, we will, of course, go through our usual previews. And we'll talk about the waiver wire ads and injuries towards the end here. And uh, really, though, I mean... I think we can all say that even though 2020 hasn't been the best year, there's still been opportunities to thrive, especially in fantasy. And uh, if you guys uh, like to make prop bets, then Thrive Fantasy is perfect for you, offering DFS-style contests where you pick 10 out of 20 prop bets each week and compete against other players on how many you get right. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or the under, And the more you pick right, the more you score, helping you win and place uh, and winning over $12,000 guaranteed for the Sunday contest each week. And if you use our promo code addicts, that's A-D-D-I-C-T-S, when you sign up for an account, you're going to receive an instant match of up to $50 credited to your account with a minimum $20 deposit. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store or you can play at thrivefantasy.com i'm sure uh, some people are happy about the cooper cup prop bet already tonight because he's basically reached his yardage total on the first drive of uh, the rams here
0: wow i didn't even you know i haven't popped into those stats yet because i was uh, getting ready for this podcast i didn't really i wasn't really paying too close of attention but yeah good for good for them good for him <laughs>
1: Good for Cooper Cup. And, uh, you know, of course this week's, this coming week's schedule is a little bit different with Thanksgiving on Thursday. I hope you all have a uh, safe and uh, happy Thanksgiving before we get into it. But there are going to be three games on Thursday. The first of which starts at 1130 AM central, 1230 PM Eastern, you know, right around when you're throwing that turkey into the oven. Right. Cause usually it takes like about what, six hours to bake a turkey.
0: I say 20 minutes per pound mung
1: oh that's uh, that's a good rule of thumb i i myself have never actually cooked a turkey i've helped in the preparation but uh you know that's you learn something new every day right um but uh, of course uh, if you will be joining me on the couch during this turkey cooking time uh, and watching houston at detroit this should be a pretty fun game we saw that Randall Cobb scored a touchdown against the Patriots this past week, but then he left the game due to a foot injury and Kiki QT came in and filled in out of the slot. So this hurts Deshaun Watson a little bit, but still a strong play top five quarterback for me this week uh, against the struggling Lions secondary that just gave up 258 yards uh, to the backup PJ Walker in Carolina, uh, who could have had three touchdowns if it weren't for two pretty awful interceptions in the end zone.
0: And that's what happens when you come from uh, an odd league up to the big leagues. If you if you watch any of P.J. Walker in the XFL uh, last season, or I guess the now defunct XFL.
1: Yeah, I think they're still planning to bring it back uh, post-COVID, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, but certainly body. P.J. Walker, I think everyone will agree, played well enough, uh, given that they... Uh, you know, shut out Detroit and beat them, but um, any other notes here on Houston before we move on? All right, on the Detroit side, we could see the return of Kenny Galladay, which would mean less consistent production here from Marvin Jones. But also, if Detroit can keep this game a bit closer than they did against Carolina, we could see Adrian Peterson get quite a few carries if D'Andre Swift remains out due to concussion protocol uh, against this pretty weak Houston run defense. So Peterson would have some desperation flex value uh, with some added upside here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to add to this either. It's just a couple teams with, I would say, Galladay might be the only play here for me if if he's back.
1: Yeah, like I said, if you're desperate, Adrian Peterson could give you some value. But, you know, Houston's secondary isn't that great. So I, I could see some scoring from Marvin Jones as well, but certainly not, uh, you know, the wide receiver one levels he's been getting. Uh, with Galladay out here. Uh, I do think this could be a fairly high-scoring game, but I am going to take uh, Watson and the Texans on the road.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take them, too.
1: All right, so uh, Lowe's did fill in his picks prior to, uh, even though he's out, so he is taking Houston as well. We will sweep that one. Uh, the next game up here is going to be Thursday at 3.30 Central, 30 p.m. Eastern, uh, right around when the smaller turkeys are done. Right, Dan?
0: 20 minutes per pound.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this game will be a divisional matchup here, Washington, at Dallas. Uh, we saw that JD McKissick was utilized less with Washington this past week uh, in a close game and eventually leading by multiple scores against Cincinnati. And unfortunately, we could see that happen again against Dallas, but... McKissick remains a decent PPR flex here with a decent floor due to that receiving role. And of course, Terry McLaurin remains a must play uh, with Alex Smith here as a decent streaming QB option as well.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Alex Smith has is, is shown that he, he is a decent enough uh, bye week fill-in uh, to, to be able to play this week. Yeah, and
1: congrats to him on his first win back from that devastating leg injury. Certainly uh, great to see that. Happy for him there. Uh, on the uh, excuse me, on the Dallas side here. Washington's defense has been playing pretty well, so I would expect muted production from Amari Cooper here. I've got him ranked as a wide receiver 3 and Ezekiel Elliott our running back 2. Uh, even though Tony Pollard did score that electric touchdown, I would probably avoid the rest of the Cowboys this week unless you're really, really desperate here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I feel like any one of their three wide receivers is going to have a good game, and the other two are going to be left in the dust. It's basically whoever's going to end up with that touchdown, but against a good defense, like it, it, I don't think this is going to be that high scoring of a game, so might want to watch out there.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this is a tough one to pick. I originally took Washington here uh, coming off of that win against Cincinnati, but Dallas also coming in with an upset victory over Minnesota and playing in the big D on Thanksgiving day. I I am going to switch my pick here to the Cowboys. I think they get a bit of a boost and scrape out a close win in this divisional matchup.
0: I I actually agree with you. I was going to take them usually in, in these divisional Weird kind of games. Like this is like a home game for them. I, I like to take the home team. Um, so, yeah, definitely taking Dallas.
1: Yeah, uh, Los disagrees here. He takes Washington. Maybe he's concerned about that mid-afternoon sun that comes in through the dome uh, in that weird Dallas stadium uh, that where the sun only comes in the one side. So we'll see.
0: What if it's a cloudy um, sir- day? Then it's no What's problem. That? What if it's a cloudy day? Then it's no problem.
1: Well, either way, I think Los is banking on Alex Smith here, um, so we'll see. It's going to be a close one either way. Right. Uh, all right. The next one is going to be the Thursday night game, 7.30 p.m. Central, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and at this time, the turkey's probably you know gnawed on a little bit, missing some wings and missing a, a lot of the breast meat at this point, right? Uh,
0: you're probably done by this point, sitting down, Probably trying to fight uh, falling asleep during uh, the night game. Yeah, either
1: halfway into the food coma, or for those champions, maybe uh, halfway towards that second wind.
0: Yeah, the desserts should be around right around this time too.
1: <laughs> well, I think the desserts are uh, you know a a process. There's no just dessert round. It's more like three, four dessert rounds, right? All right, Baltimore at Pittsburgh is the matchup here. Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, both on the COVID list, uh, makes this a little bit more interesting for Gus Edwards as a decent plug and play at flex, although the matchup is still a tough one here. Um, but Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, worth starting, but Jackson probably just a high end QB2, Andrews a low end tight end one. I'm concerned about both of these players in a bad matchup until we see some signs of life for this Baltimore offense that's really just stuck in neutral right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to take from them. Like, I I want to like bet on them every week, but then I think about it and I'm like, well, maybe I don't. Like, is their defense gonna pull them through again in this game? It's just, I don't know. I I don't I don't like playing any of these guys right now. Or at least I, I I wouldn't unless I had to. Um, it's just, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's tough. They just can't seem to recapture that magic that kind of took the league by storm last year. Uh, certainly still in playoff contention, so they're not necessarily a a bad team, but they are struggling right now. And uh, the only place where they're really still playing well is the secondary. So on the Pittsburgh side here. Uh, you know, I expect them to attack this run defense a little bit more. Uh, the Baltimore's run defense has been really struggling with some injuries on the defensive line, so I do like James Conner as a decent RB two option. Uh, I would probably downgrade Deontay Johnson to a back end wide receiver two here. He'll still see plenty of volume, I'm sure, but I don't know that he'll have quite the yardage that he did against Jacksonville. And we'll see if Juju Smith Schuster plays with a toe injury here. Um, if so, I would have Juju and Claypool as both Boomer Bust flex options. But if Juju's out, I do think that Claypool would get a slight bump due to that projected target volume, and that would bump him up to a high-end wide receiver three. Uh, this is another close divisional battle that could go either way, and. It was a close one a few weeks ago when these two teams met, but it's really hard to see the Ravens overcoming, uh, both their offensive and defensive struggles when they couldn't do it at home against the Steelers. And now they're going on the road at Heinz field. I'm going to bet on Pittsburgh to stay undefeated for at least another week.
0: I, I feel very similarly about, uh, this set of wide receivers as I do about the Dallas ones. It's just, if you gotta play one of them, I. Uh, you do it because the upside is there, but there's always a chance that you're going to end up with that one. That just, the game isn't working out or the game script isn't working out in their favor. Um, although Pittsburgh has a lot of different ways to win on offense, I'm going to take them as well. Like as, as an NFL team, I'm going to take them, but as an, you know, as a fantasy, like, I think I, I only really want to be playing Connor. Um, and then the rest of the guys are kind of like flex options to me.
1: All right. Uh, Los is taking Pittsburgh as well, so we will sweep this one. Uh, so we'll move right along to the Sunday, noon, central one pm Eastern games., uh, you know, right over, right around this time, you're probably eating some leftover turkey sandwiches, something like that.,
0: uh, yeah, the turkey sandwiches are, are that's like the best. the Thanksgiving turkey sandwich where you take all the leftovers and just throw it on a piece of bread that's like the best meal
1: yeah just make sure uh you know the trick is you you sprinkle a few drops of water on the turkey for me before you microwave it and that keeps it a little more moist you know
0: oh yeah yeah definitely like uh, you don't want to boil all that uh, turkey goodness out
1: <laughs> exactly uh so the first game up here is going to be the las vegas raiders at the atlanta falcons and It's tough to see for Raiders fans because they played a near-perfect game on Sunday night, but it just wasn't enough to stop Mahomes and company. Uh, We should see a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller again here. Uh, Even though Jared Cook had just one catch against the Falcons this past week, they still give up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So, love Waller here, and I like Derek Carr a lot as the top streaming option at quarterback this week.
0: I do really think that, that the Raiders looked like the better team last night it's 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 sort of un- like as much as I, I as much as i like you know uh uh kansas city like I, I like their team i was sort of rooting for the raiders and i don't really like them very much but they just look better uh for this game i don't know it's just i'm a little disappointed at the end
1: yeah, John Gruden's done a really good job. Uh, they don't quite have the talent on defense just yet, but uh, they're pretty close to being a true contender. And honestly, this far through the season, I, I don't know that there's a clear Super Bowl favorite in the NFC or the AFC, do you?
0: Ooh. Uh I mean, I still feel like you, you, you gotta go with Kansas City because they have another gear that some of these other teams don't
1: yeah I mean I, I it's hard to ever bet against Mahomes but you know Pittsburgh's record speaks to themselves and you know their defense is really what could help them uh you know get that playoff push in some of these tough games against uh, other high scoring offenses but We'll see. Uh, We'll get to Kansas City in just a little bit. Let's move along here to Atlanta. The big question, of course, is whether or not Julio Jones can play with his hamstring tightening up again, uh, cost him most of the game against... Uh, New Orleans, even though he did come back for a couple plays late in the game. Uh, We'll see if Cooley was out. It really hurts the whole offense as we've seen this year, starting with Hayden Hurst, who draws more defensive coverage. Of course, Calvin Ridley is a strong play regardless here. Should see a ton of target volume. And Russell Gage has some upside as well as a desperation wide receiver four. And Olamide Zacarias would be a desperation wide receiver five.
0: Julio's starting to look pretty disappointing. I mean, just, I, maybe I'm thinking of this a little bit outside of the, the, uh, traditional fantasy football. But maybe if like your keepers or dynasty, what are you doing with Julio? Are you are you getting rid of him? Because I feel like I would be trying to right now, for for almost whatever I can get.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't say whatever I can get just yet. No, you know, he's 31. He's getting up there, but.
0: I guess I'll rephrase that as get any kind of decent value for him now before uh, he turns into someone like uh, AJ Green. um, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's another great example, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue against it if someone wanted to sell for a future first round pick. The only reason I would consider holding is maybe, you know, at least wait for another big game or two, whether that's late Absolutely. this year, or early Absolutely. next year, try and get that little, you know, even if it's a temporary bump in value, right. It's all about timing. Right. And, uh, you know, the Raiders played lights out against Kansas City, barely lost to the reigning Super Bowl champions after already beating them earlier this year. I'm going with the Raiders.
0: I'm going to take the Raiders, too. Atlanta's just, they, they can't win games. Like, they look like a decent team when you're watching the game, and then they just somehow can't put it together. I don't know
1: weird yeah and Los also says the Raiders quote if the team isn't all out with COVID end quote so well, uh, they, certainly makes sense
0: get, didn't they put their entire defense on the COVID list last week like late last yeah week.
1: basically crazy. uh most yeah. of them were activated for the Sunday night game I think there was one or two who missed it because they were still on the COVID oh, list but think, hopefully uh you know they'll social distance wear the masks all that and won't have any issues for this week
0: Part of that makes me think that, that that's Gruden just kind of being like, oh, well, they're all in contact with each other. Let's just put them all on there and kind of like push some kind of uh, mixed messaging, you know, to, to the, the opposing team's game plan, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like yeah, well, I mean
1: he's of, already been fined a couple times earlier exactly. this year for the, uh, the mask issues on the sideline, I think.
0: He's got a little Belichick in him.
1: Um, but then again, uh, you know Gruden's making what 100 million over 10 years, so what's That's a what's a couple hundred thousand to him, right? Means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next game up here, the LA Chargers at the Buffalo Bills. Not a whole lot to say. Just keep starting Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen if they're on your roster. Uh, Mike Williams remains that high upside flex option this week if you think this will turn into another shootout here. Kalen Bullock continues to be a workhorse, uh, solid flex and PPR if Eckler remains out. Although the report is optimistic that Eckler is quote close to returning, and of course Hunter Henry has another good matchup here against a Bills secondary that's allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends.
0: Yeah, I heard that rumor about Eckler today too. I don't know. What do you do? You think he's actually going to play?
1: Um, I don't know if this week, but it sounds like next week at the latest. So hopefully uh, you've been holding uh, if you're making it to the fantasy playoffs, uh, definitely could be uh, running back two or even running back one who puts you over the top in weeks, 14 through 16. Right. On the Buffalo side here, uh, I like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and I like Cole Beasley as well. We talked about him on the waiver wire section last week with John Brown likely still out with a high ankle sprain this week. Uh, this game could be pretty high scoring with the line currently set by Vegas at 54 points, which is the second highest of the week so far. So even though I have faith in Herbert and the rookie and how well he's been playing and uh, the Chargers offense, I really have very little faith in the Chargers defense and special teams which continue to for a lack of a better word suck so give me Buffalo at home here
0: uh, I'm gonna take that too but it, I just find it interesting this Buffalo team everyone coming into this year thinking that it's gonna be you know a ground and pound kind of slow churning team and they come out being one of the high scoring offenses in the NFL it's, it's really something
1: yeah, honestly, the wide receivers on both sides here, Keenan Allen and Stephon Diggs, those were two big misses by me. I had concerns about both of these offenses going into the year. But, of course, as you said, Buffalo has been anything but grounded pound. And Justin Herbert has shocked pretty much everyone and is probably the rookie of the year candidate right now.
0: Oh, I would, I would definitely say that.
1: All right, the next game up here, the New York Giants at the Cincinnati Bengals. Wayne Gallman is a solid RB, RB three play if Freeman is out again. Uh, I like Sterling Shepard as a flex as well. Darius Slayton, more of a boomer bust wide receiver four, but certainly high upside against this Bengals secondary. And that means I like Daniel Jones too as a streaming option against the struggling Cincinnati defense, uh, especially if the team is perhaps low on morale after having just lost Joe Burrow for the year.
0: Yeah, that was a devastating play. I guess we can talk about that when we talk about Cincinnati next, but...
1: Yeah, it's tough because it sounds like he tore his ACL, his MCL, and there's, quote, additional structural damage, which is never something that you want to hear about your potential franchise quarterback. If you're a Bengals fan, hopefully he'll be okay, but it sounds like he could even miss the start of next year. So we'll see. But as for the rest of this team this year, it's hard to have much faith in this offense, whether it's Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen starting a quarterback here. It's also bad news for any teams that are waiting on Joe Mixon because now the Bengals have very little incentive to bring Mixon back off IR with the season basically officially lost uh, since Burrow's injury. That would make Gio Bernard a PPR flex play. And I think Tyler Boyd is probably the only safe wide receiver three uh, start here. Uh, Although with a low floor, but it's hard to, rely on AJ Green or T Higgins right now without seeing how this offense is going to look like Sands Burrow.
0: I'm not playing any of these Cincinnati players. If I have them, not a single one, not geo Bernard, not any of their wide wide receivers. It's just for, for their backup quarterback to come in and have to play behind that line and not have potentially the Joe Burrow rushing upside or the, you know, the talent of of Joe Mixon playing. Like, I just don't think that any of these other players are going to produce anything close to what they're producing.
1: Yeah, certainly I think all their ceilings are much lower now. The only reason I still have some faith in Bernard and Boyd are because as the, you know, target out of the backfield and as the slot option, they may get more checkdowns with these less mobile backup QBs.
0: That's that's a fair point and and you also might get some garbage time upside but I still having that that line that bad I mean we've seen other and I mean we're we're really used to it with the bears having such a bad line and having to watch those games the garbage time for them isn't even that good so I don't know I would I would only play them if I if I really had to
1: Yeah um I'm going to take the Giants here Yeah me too And Los uh, takes the Giants as well, commenting that uh, Cincinnati may not win another game this year without Burrow, which I I certainly agree agree.
0: with. I I don't think they're going to win without him.
1: No. Uh, The next game up here, though, two very good teams should be a great matchup to see. Uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. I would expect another quiet game here relatively from Ryan Tannehill. But, of course, you're still starting Derrick Henry. And despite just one catch... For 21 yards on four targets, uh, when these teams last met two weeks ago, A.J. Brown is still a high upside wide receiver three, though he is a riskier play than normal this week. And I still like John New as a fine back-end tight end one, although his target volume remains inconsistent as well, with Corey Davis and Anthony Furster staying involved, which limits John New's ceiling a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, next one here. I uh, will just move right along then to the Colts. Big story, of course, are the rookies for them this past week, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman really contributing, uh, being the stars in that big win over green Bay. Taylor finally, finally dominated the workload with 22 carries to just 10 combined for Jordan Wilkins and nine Hines. But, it's hard to trust that just yet. We've seen uh, some of these running backs get big workloads one week and then disappear the next. So Taylor remains a boomer bust running back three for me right now until we see the Colts and Frank Wright consistently give him a higher workload. And the same goes for Michael Pittman, who I think it's clear that he's their best and most talented wide receiver at this point. But Still just saw three targets against Green Bay despite leading the team in yards. Pittman remains a high upside wide receiver four with a low floor, given the concerns about his target volume.
0: I, w- I would just, just want to add that keep in mind that Green Bay hasn't been that great of a, of a running defense this year. Um, so the volume is there for Taylor, but this, this uh, Tennessee defense is not it's, that they're not gonna, it's not going to be as easy as, as it was for them versus Green Bay. I think I just want to point that out. Yeah, definitely, I think. There's probably going to be more passes to the running back than there is, or at least successful passes, than there are going to be successful runs. But, you know, we'll see.
1: All right. Uh, this is a tough one. I did take the Colts two weeks ago, but, you know, the Titans could get their safety. Kenny Vaccaro back from a concussion protocol this week might get a Dory Jackson back at cornerback too from a knee injury um, he's been on IR basically all season and he was just activated last week but didn't play so you know what I'm going to lean the Titans here to split the series this week
0: I'm going to take I'm taking Indy their defense is really good and they their offense is clearly good enough to keep up with Green Bay this, this team's going to go deep into the playoffs I think
1: yeah, I have no issue with that pick. I think this is probably, you know, the closest, toughest one to call this week. And Lowe does one. take Indianapolis as well, but he does comment that it's a very close call for him.
0: Do you know what the line is? I'm looking it up right now. I bet it's one. I bet it's mm, minus one uh, for India. Yeah.
1: Makes sense. All right, the next game up here, Carolina at Minnesota. Uh, PJ Walker played well in relief for Teddy Bridgewater, but you know, despite, uh, that he did throw two interceptions in the end zone, which, uh, was not great. So, you know, the more important thing though, is that he was effective enough to keep Mike Davis and all three wide receivers productive enough for fantasy purposes. So, that's a win. Um, certainly no issue here. But, you know, it's hard to rely on any of these Carolina wide receivers from week to week. But all three of them seem to have high upside, but low force.
0: I absolutely agree with that. It's uh, Once again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a broken record here. But it's the same idea with uh, Dallas and it was with, with, uh, with Pittsburgh. It's just they it's a crapshoot. You play one of them and you might be the guy who, who gets you 20 points. And then the other two will, you know, have a low floor.
1: Yeah. It's kind of reminiscent of maybe Tampa Bay with all three options or uh, even the Rams right now with Reynolds getting more involved. Um, And we'll see tonight how those target shares get split. But what did you say the line was for uh, the Colts?
0: Actually, I thought it was minus one, but it's minus four. It looks like,
1: huh? That's kind well, of surprising think to me. I um, bet it's going
0: to narrow up a little bit as the week goes on, but that's a surprising uh, initial line.
1: Yeah, there might be some value there. I did take the Titans plus six and a half uh, in some. That's last week, so I might, uh, I might be taking the Titans again. We'll see. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move along to the Minnesota side of this matchup. It seems like Carolina's defense has been playing pretty well, but the concern here for Minnesota is Adam Thielen landing on the COVID list earlier today. Uh, We'll see if he can play. We're not sure right now if he actually contracted the virus or he is just a close contact with someone else who has. So that's going to make the difference on whether he can return by Sunday. If so, uh, Thielen would be a mid-range wide receiver two for me with Jefferson, a wide receiver three. But if Thielen were to miss this game, I think that would bump up Jefferson to a high-end wide receiver too. Should see a ton of targets if Thielen is indeed out. And of course, Dalvin Cook remains a top three running back, especially with this great rushing matchup against this uh, pretty poor Panthers run defense here.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say something about Jefferson, but you wrapped it up really well. Uh, I absolutely agree. He's going to score a lot of points this week if, if um, Thielen doesn't play.
1: Yeah, and we didn't mention it when talking about Carolina, but there's a chance that Teddy Bridgewater could be back this week. It sounded like he was very close to playing last week, but they wanted to be cautious. Uh, But then again, uh, with the the Panthers' bye week coming up, it's also possible that they could choose to hold him out and get him to 100% uh, and give him that extra week of rest. So it's tough to say here. Um, I'm actually leaning Carolina on the road. We saw Minnesota really just struggle against Dallas. And, you know, the Panthers offense looked productive enough, even with P.J. Walker. And then with the added concern that Thielen could miss this game, uh, I am going to lean the Panthers.
0: Man, this is a tough one. And and usually these, I like to go with the home team. So I'm going to pick Minnesota.
1: Yeah, no problem with that there. Like I said, with the last game as well, this is certainly a coin flip. Very tough call on this game. Los does take the home team Vikings as well. The next matchup here is going to be the Arizona Cardinals at the New England Patriots. I would expect Stephon Gilmore to shadow DeAndre Hopkins all day. Uh, Of course, it's tough to ever bench Hopkins in fantasy. I would still start him, but certainly you drop the expectations a little bit. I've got him ranked as a mid-range wide receiver too, so temper your expectations a little bit there. Uh, It is worth noting that DeAndre Hopkins was held to five catches for 64 yards in week 13 of last year when Hopkins was still with Houston and faced off against Gilmore. So just food for thought. Again, certainly not blanketed to the point where he didn't have any catches, but not uh, expecting a big week either. Of course, that means Christian Kirk should be a decent wide receiver. Three start here. Could see added targets with Hopkins shadowed. And if you're desperate, maybe Larry Fitzgerald too. Uh, Some upside for the same reason. And I I have both Drake and Edmonds as touchdown dependent flex plays because they're splitting that workload 50-50 right now.
0: Does Gilmore actually shadow anybody? I feel like every time you think he's going to shadow, he ends up not and especially a team like this, where they have they have good wide receivers. I, I don't know.
1: I... yeah, it's I, I get I get your question there because it does seem like if a team has two really strong wide receiver options, they'll put Gilmore uh, as a shadow on the number two and then double cover the number one. But I think, I think that Hopkins is such a higher talent for me, in my opinion, than Kirk right now, that they will still put Gilmore um, on Hopkins.
0: Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, I I, I don't know. I just, I was, I was hearing that, I feel like the last, like, three or four times that we're hearing, like, oh, Gilmore's gonna shadow, you know, whoever all day, and then he doesn't, so... 100. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: it's certainly not out of the question. We know Bill Belichick likes to throw some curveballs here for opponents. Um, I'm just kind of going off last year's Week 13 matchup where Gilmore did follow Hopkins around for most of the day. Okay, So that's how I'm approaching that. On the other side here, Cam Newton. Now, he's been playing better as of late, but it was surprising that both Demir Bird and Nikhil Harry saw more targets than Jacoby Myers in the loss to... Houston this past week, which reversed the trend from the last three or four weeks. I still think Myers would be my preferred Patriots wide receiver to flex, though. Um, But certainly Bird is a high upside wide receiver four option if this game turns into a shootout. And then finally, with Rex Burkhead out for the year with a torn ACL, James White becomes viable again in fantasy. He resumes that pass catching role. Even with Sony Michelle back from IR, even if he's activated for this week's game, he and Harris are really more the one, or the first, two, uh, first slash second down pounders with James White coming in for those passing downs. So again, PPR volume makes him a decent flex play, maybe even RB2 going forward.
0: Yeah, James White is a good play uh, in games that New England is not favored in, in, in almost every case. Um I think he's he's a good, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this in, in the waiver wire section, but he's available. I think he, he could be a nice a nice flex piece uh, for closing out the fantasy season.
1: Yeah, he is most definitely uh, on our waiver list, and I believe he's the the top priority, if I'm not mistaken.
0: The top running back priority. I haven't looked at it yet, so I don't know.:
1: <laughs> Oh, he's actually not, but he's up there for sure. All right. Um, I'm going to take... Uh, this is another tough one because the Patriots, you know, they beat the Baltimore Ravens, but then they lost to the Texans. I think that Arizona's offense is playing well enough here to beat New England. Even I know, even at Foxborough, I, I am going to take Arizona.
0: I am too, and I just don't like the way that New England has been closing out games lately. I feel like they're... They're, I don't know. They, they've looked vulnerable against bad teams, basically. And yeah. I'm just going to go with Arizona here, who's just the better team, I think.
1: Losa will sweep it. We are all taking Arizona, and they are favored right now. Next game is going to be the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. And we saw Tua Tonga get benched against Denver but it does sound like he'll be back as the starter and it should be a nice bounce back game for him against this Jets secondary. Certainly love Tua and DeVante Parker this week. Uh Salvin Ahmed as well. It wouldn't uh, it wouldn't shock me either if Ja'Keem Grant has a big day with his sub 4 4 speed. He's a cheap option that I like a lot in DFS this week.
0: Yeah, too bad Miami. You know, I had a high expectations for them this past week. Uh it's too bad that. They just it just didn't come together for them.
1: Yeah, very surprising upset by the Denver Broncos. And, you know, the the Jets actually kept it surprisingly close this past week as well against the Chargers, but there's still very little Fantasy value to be mined here. Frank Gore is kind of intriguing if Michael P. Ryan were to miss time with his ankle injury, but we'll see what happens there uh, when both the running backs are active. Of course, neither is more than a touchdown-dependent RB4. And Joe Flacco with his deep shots uh, is actually keeping Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman's fantasy value somewhat alive, but it's hard to trust either. If I had to go with one of them, despite Perriman scoring the long touchdown, I still would rather bet on Mims uh, as a desperation wide receiver
0: four. I mean, I have nothing good to say about the Jets. So I think let's just move to our picks.
1: Okay. uh, I'm going to take Miami.
0: I am going to unsurprisingly take Miami.
1: Yep, uh, Lowes will sweep it, and we'll move right along to Cleveland at Jacksonville. This continues to be a heavy ground-and-pound offense for the Browns, though it's uncertain how much of this uh, has been due to poor weather in Cleveland the last few games. We could see Baker Mayfield throw a little bit more here in this game, but he remains a risky start and Jarvis Landry, uh, just a boomer bust flex option here until we see this offense start to throw the ball a little bit more. Same goes for Austin Hooper, although his target share and snap counts continue to give him some upside week to week. But really, it's the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt show going forward.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm only playing running backs here on this team.
1: All right. Uh, on the other side here, the Browns defense harassed and demolished Carson Wentz, even without Miles Garrett active. We'll see if Garrett can return this week, but either way, we haven't seen a ton from Jake Luton to really have faith in this offense. DJ Shark would be the only viable fantasy option for me here. I've got him as a high and wide receiver four, uh, and then, that, of course, that's among the receivers. James, James Robinson continues to see that workhorse usage, so you're certainly starting him.
0: Yeah, what a story Robinson has been.
1: Yeah, and uh, from our very own Illinois State.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. Huh.
1: Yeah. Uh what is it? The Redbirds, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It is a Redbird.
1: So huh. a little bit of uh a little bit of home pride there, I guess. Although That's I don't that. know if he is originally from uh Illinois or not.
0: Are you gonna look it up? Do you want me to look it up?
1: I'll do it. Uh sure. We might as well look it up.
0: You talk while I do
1: this. We we got some time here. I feel like we're moving at a good clip without Los's uh, insane. Antics. That's true.
0: We always go quickly when, when I'm out <laughs> of this. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know. He grew up in Rockford. He is from oh. Illinois.
1: Oh, wow. Homegrown, huh? huh? Yep. Well, certainly uh, just became a, a little bit bigger of a James Robinson fan here, Um, but certainly he's been playing well despite his undrafted status and Hopefully, he can keep it up, although Jacksonville does have a tough fantasy playoff stretch. Something to keep in mind here. All right. Um, I am going to take Cleveland. Me too. As does Lowe's. We will sweep that one. And that will lead us into the Sunday afternoon slate. Uh, New Orleans at Denver here. Taysom Hill picked apart that Falcons secondary, but the Broncos are going to be a tougher test here. Still, Hill's a decent streaming option with his rushing production. Gives him a good floor and ceiling. I just wouldn't expect huge numbers again uh, against Denver here. We saw also that Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are viable plays with Hill keeping this offense moving. Although I will say that Kamara's ceiling is certainly lower uh, in PPR formats, with Taysom Hill preferring to scramble or find someone deep rather than check it down all day like Drew Brees was doing early and often.
0: Yeah, I wonder if we're going to see uh, Hill come a little bit more down to earth like we have with some of these backup quarterbacks this year. Uh, I guess this is more of like a rule of thumb in general, but you, you I feel like these backup quarterbacks, when they come in, uh, they always seem to have a pretty good game. Like the first game that they're the starter, and uh, it's probably due to the fact that there isn't much game tape on them, especially when you're, you have someone like Hill and someone like um, Drew Brees who are so different. You have to game plan completely differently for Hill. So that could have helped him. Now, I'm not trying to, like, you know, rain on Hill's parade. I think he's probably going to be fine. But I agree with you that his ceiling is, is probably lower this week, uh, especially against a good defense.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on, you know, the number of quarterbacks rostered in your league because I, I don't love him against Denver here, but he does get Atlanta again next week. Oh, don't drop it. Yeah, and he gets Philadelphia in week 14. Um, tough matchup in week 15 if Breeze is still out at that point. And in week 16, he would get Minnesota. So some pretty good matchups in there. And really at this point, we don't know how long Drew Breeze is going to be out. Um so it, it's tough to say, but again, you know, you guys know your leagues best. Depending on how many quarterback options are available on the waiver wire, Hill is still rostered in very few Yahoo leagues because, of course, we know that uh, that huge debate that happened with ESPN allowing him to be tight end eligible for he's at least not, last week. He's not anymore. Um, right. I, I do think they're probably going to change that this week.
0: Yeah, I think they already announced it.
1: Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah he's, but yeah, he's not going you know. to be.
0: So yes, that definitely like lower lowers his price if you're trying to get him on the waiver wire or whatever. If somehow. Yeah, but
1: he'll make some a decent streaming uh, quarterback option. I do like him. We'll talk about him more in that waiver wire section. So on the Broncos side here, it's tough to trust any of these Denver players against a pretty tough Saints defense. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay are really in a full blown 50-50 split, so neither of them more than just a flex play. Tim Patrick has the highest upside among the receivers, but he and Judy are both back end wide receiver excuse me, back end wide receiver threes at best. Fant is probably going to be the safest option on this offense as a low end tight end one here.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, not a lot of trust in this Denver offense right now.
1: No, despite the uh, the win over the Dolphins, which I think the Dolphins kind of uh, their defense really didn't show up uh, and their offense really struggled against Vic Fangio. So, uh, like I said, Vic Fangio, maybe he'll have a, uh, a game plan in mind for Taysom Hill this week as well.
0: Unless Sean Payton decides... That they're expecting Hill to play, so then they put out Jameis Winston or something crazy. Because that
1: <laughs> that on, would be honestly, that would be pretty interesting. Honestly, although yeah, I do it, think we'll see a little bit more of Hill.
0: I think we will too. But it wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if if he pulled something like that. Sort of how he pulled it with Hill this week. It wasn't true, until true. On Thursday that he announced that he was the starter, or was it Friday?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think it was Friday or Saturday. Even
0: I think it's, he'll wait to the last possible minute to announce it, and he'll keep everyone guessing
1: all right i assume we're all gonna take the saints here yes although i think this could be uh you know kind of a trap game uh momentum a big thing in the league and it wouldn't shock me if denver pulled off an upset coming into this with a, a win over the dolphins
0: yeah um i i see where you're coming from there but new orleans defense has been trending up like They've only allowed. I think I saw a stat that they've only allowed one touchdown in the past three games. Was it something like that? And they've had like 14 sacks. And I don't know. They have a lot. They they have their defense has been playing extremely well. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, their defense is certainly better than Dolphins, and I think the key here is that their offensive line isn't going to allow quite as much pressure as uh, Miami's did right, last right. week.
0: I actually completely and, forgot about that. They have one of the best ones. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so we'll sweep it here. Los is taking the Saints as well. Um, The next game up here, uh, San Francisco at the LA Rams. We'll see if Raheem Mostert and Debo Samuel are back for this game. Although it's a tough matchup in general with the Rams defense playing very excellent football this year on both pass and run defense. Mostert, if back would be an RB three or flex Samuel, a wide receiver three with added upside. If Brandon Iuke remains on the COVID list, And I think Jordan Reed is rostered in far too few leagues right now. He's a guy we're definitely going to talk about on the waiver wire section. It's really rough, uh, the state of tight ends right now in fantasy. And while Jordan Reed has certainly been injury prone, when he's healthy, uh, you know, we could see him have a decent floor and ceiling due to target volume in Kittle's absence.
0: I feel like this is the worst tight end year we've had in a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it would... I think a lot of championship teams this year, when it's all said and done, knock on wood, as long as Kelsey and Waller stay healthy, those two guys are going to be huge difference makers. Uh, We'd be talking about Kittle as well if he were still healthy. Agreed. All right. Uh, we're going to see, uh, how the Rams look tonight against Tampa Bay. Uh, they're certainly keeping it close right now. It's 14 to 14, uh, close to halftime. Uh, don't sleep on Josh Reynolds though. I haven't been paying attention to the target share tonight while we're recording, but he has been getting more and more involved in this Rams offense. He's had more targets than Robert Woods, uh, since week six or seven, I believe. And Reynolds could be a league winner, given how easy the LA's playoff schedule is for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, they get the Patriots, Jets, and Seahawks secondaries, all of whom have struggled this year.
0: Yeah, uh, that's very true. Um, I guess it's that time of year. I it's it's come up so so quick that we're already thinking about uh, you know stashing for the playoffs.
1: Yes, sir. We only have two more weeks of the fantasy regular season
0: man that flew by (laughs)
1: um i'm gonna take the rams here it's it's a tough call with mostert and samuel coming back but at the end of the day i I still have uh very little faith in nick mullins here
0: i agree with you too i I, i'm gonna take the rams as well um if mostert comes back I, i i could see san francisco really putting up a fight but I, I just don't. I just don't think it's there for them. I think this is just not their year.
1: Yeah, the Rams defense has been playing so well that it, it's tough to see for me, especially at home at LA as well. Um, Los is going to sweep it here. He takes the Rams as well, and that'll bring us to Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Probably going to be the best game of the week. Uh, that or Tennessee, Indianapolis. One of those, I would guess. Um Patrick Mahomes made that game-winning drive against the Raver Raiders look easy. Uh under two minutes ago, just one timeout, but piece of cake, really. Um Tampa Bay's defense is gonna be a much tougher test. Of course, you're not benching any of Mahomes, Hill, or Kelsey, but I would downgrade uh, Clyde Edwards helaire here. He's a flex at best. He's still seeding a lot of touches to Darrell Williams and Le'Veon Bell uh, against a tough. Bucks run defense, so I do not love C.E.H. this
0: week. I'm kind of surprised that Daryl Williams is still playing any snaps. Is it just me? Like, how is this not the C.E.H. and on Bell show? But, you know, I don't know, that's beyond me. Yeah, I mean,
1: 40 snaps for C.E.H., 20 for Williams, 20 for Bell, so kind of a, a big split here. You know, it helps that C.E.H. got the touchdowns, but without them, he would have had a pretty disappointing night.
0: I was really kind of expecting Kansas City to go the, the, the Browns route here with their their running backs because they sort of can. Uh, it's weird that they haven't. I don't know. Maybe they're saving it for the playoffs or something.
1: Yeah, we will see. Um, maybe part of it, too, Le'Veon Bell still getting used to that playbook, right? It's only right, been right. a few weeks, and we know Andy Reid has a lot of different tricks and calls. Right. All right, on the Bucks side here, I would expect a lot of Ronald Jones in this game. We know that Kansas City's run defense is suspect. Uh, it's easier to attack them on the ground than against their pass rush and pass defense, uh, even though Derek Carr did find some success. Uh, and then the Chiefs secondary has been playing better as of late, but they're still rotating in Juan Thornhill, um, who's coming back from that ACL tear from last year. So plenty of holes for the Bucks wide receivers to exploit. Again, we'll see tonight if Antonio Brown gets more and more involved in this offense um, and how the target share gets split, but I think all three are going to be viable plays with Evans being probably the most confident.
0: When I uh, last looked at the game, because I have it on, I'm just not really paying attention, the stat came up for Antonio Brown, and he was 5-for-5 five five for like 30-something yards. So his target share's coming up. Oh, and now we are going to halftime, so...
1: I'm seeing uh, right now it's six targets for Brown and Evans and five for Godwin and Brown leads in catches and yards, but Evans has the touchdowns. So certainly, right. you know, you like all three of them here. Uh, it should be a, a fairly high scoring game. I would wager against the chiefs.
0: Yeah, that's true. Who are you taking?
1: You know, this, this is so tough. Um, I, you know, I always say never bet against Patrick Mahomes, but I've also said to always never bet against Tom Brady. And you love Tom. honestly, Actually, you love both these this comes, what's that?
0: You love both these quarterbacks. They're one, I, A, one
1: I, A, I do. do. I, I think that Brady is the best of all time, but Mahomes is the best right now. And honestly, you know, I'm taking your approach here, Dan, uh, I'm going to lean the home team. That's really what's the deciding factor for me
0: yeah ah oh, man it's it's tough for me too because i want to take kansas city i'm gonna take tampa bay i'm gonna side with the home team i'm going you know
1: yeah and, and you know los is taking the smart money here he is taking kansas city and you know i certainly so- think that most people should i just uh i can't do it i gotta take my boy tom brady and at home
0: hang on i'm looking for it up
1: All right, the Sunday night game here, Chicago at Green Bay, uh, with Mitch Trubisky still recovering from that shoulder injury, and then Nick Foles, questionable from that hip injury that he suffered at the end of that last game. We could see Tyler Bray start this game, which is no bueno. Um, Regardless of quarterback, I do not love any Bears players for fantasy this year outside of Robinson and Montgomery. And even those guys I have downgraded. Um, Robinson, just a boomer bust wide receiver, three, very low floor. If Bray starts, and uh, Montgomery, if he's back from that concussion, would be just a boom or bust flex. It's hard to trust anyone without seeing, uh, you know, how this offense is going to look with a, a new, uh, possibly not very good quarterback, although they've already been dealing with that all year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't play any Bears player, if, especially if Bray's starting the game. Um, if, for some reason... Trubisky or Foles somehow starts this game, then I think I I think I would start Montgomery or um um yeah maybe just Montgomery against this team. Because Green Bay has a pretty decent secondary.
1: Yeah, I'd expect Jair Alexander to shadow Allen Robinson yeah. for the most part.
0: Yeah, I think Montgomery would be the only one that I would I would consider starting.
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh, looking rough here Um, on the Green Bay side. uh, Although, you know, we we say, you know, it's tough for the Chicago fantasy options. It's going to be a tough game for Green Bay, too, because the Bears defense has been playing well. But Rodgers was effective even against that tough Colts defense this past week. So I'm not too concerned about him. Remains a decent mid-range to back-end QB1, although the ceiling may not be there. And then uh Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, of course, you're starting those guys, but I would fade Lazard and Marquez Valdez scantling um just wide receiver fours, not much floor or ceiling for them in this matchup.
0: Yeah, I think Green Bay is favored by eight points in this game. Um sounds about right. I would I would I would start, yeah. I I I mean, I'm gonna take Green Bay. I hate taking Green Bay. Um yeah, I have nothing else to add. You, you know who to start on Green Bay if you have them, if you have these players.
1: <laughs> yep, sure do. Um, all right, Monday night football is going to be the Seattle Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, Darius Slay has been excellent in coverage, but I would not expect him to shadow DK Metcalf. That'd be a huge mismatch with Slay at 6'0", sub 200 pounds, and Metcalf at 6'4", and 230. And then Tyler Lockett, he plays at the eighth highest rate out of the slot among wide receivers, so... He should get away plenty even if Slay kind of sticks with him. Uh, bottom line here is all the Seahawks players are fine starts to me and Chris Carson as well if he can finally return from that foot injury.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. I guess play play your Seahawks this week.
1: Sure will. Um, On the other side, on paper, the Seahawks secondary is a good matchup for Wentz, but it's really hard to trust him at this point. I would avoid him personally. And plus, uh, Seattle's defense has been better as well, with Jamal Adams finally back healthy from that groin injury and the addition of Carlos Dunlap, which finally gives them some semblance of a pass rush. I would really just go with Goddard here as a high-end tight end two. Rager as a desperation wide receiver four. And, you know, Miles Sanders is still a decent RB2 option here, but his floor and ceiling are way lower right now, as long as Philadelphia's offense as a whole is struggling.
0: Yeah, I saw a a stat on Twitter today. Someone pointed out that uh, Wentz is leading the league in interceptions and fumbles. So... (laughs) <laughs> if you're going to make uh, decisions based off of what the uh, uh, quarterback of this offense is doing, which is poorly, I, I don't think I would start any of my Philadelphia players. I don't know. Yeah. I think
1: the, uh, the professional fantasy analysis expert term for Carson Wentz right now is hashtag not good. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to take Seattle. Me too. So, Will Lowe seems like a fairly uh, easy call there, although who knows? Well, It's a crazy
0: league. You know what, though? The Seahawks are only favored by 5.5 po- five points in this one right now, which is a little surprising to me. I'm surprised it's not more, especially how poorly Philadelphia sort of played um,
1: last week. Yeah, I think that's a value play, especially if Chris Carson's back. Yeah all right so that's gonna do it for our game previews then we're gonna move on to the injury report here dan you want to kick it off with the quarterbacks sure
0: uh so the first we have is kyler murray he has an ac sprain on his throwing shoulder he is probable Uh, early reports that our murray shoulder injury was nothing major uh, especially with 10 days to heal up having played on thursday night uh That said, any discomfort should lead to fewer rushing attempts, which might limit his rushing production and fantasy ceiling this week. Uh, Next, we have Joe Burrow, torn ACL and MCL. He is out for the year. Uh, Sadly, the young rookie season is over. Hopefully, he can make a full recovery for 2021, but Burrow can be safely dropped in all redraft format. Uh, Drew Brees, he has uh, fractured ribs and a collapsed lung. He's on IR. Uh, week 14 versus Philadelphia is the earliest that he can return, uh, and his recovery could linger even past that. Uh, New Orleans has a decent matchup versus the Eagles secondary in week 14 and the Vikings in week 16, but uh, in shallow one-QB formats, Breeze isn't a must-hold given that there are no guarantees he will be back for the playoffs. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, MCL sprain, questionable. Uh, Bridgewater seemed close to playing against Detroit, but um, ultimately Carolina... Uh, decided against playing him Uh, while it's a good sign that they have already considered playing him uh, Carolina also has their bye week next week so they can choose to hold him out again this week versus Minnesota and give him those extra two weeks to heal up Uh, Sam Darnold shoulder sprain in his shoulder uh, throwing shoulder he's questionable we will see whether Darnold gets back to practice at all this week Uh, he'll he'll need to log at least one or two full practices uh, before we can trust him in our lineups Uh, Garner Minshew, thumb surgery recovery, he's also questionable. Uh, It's likely to be at least one more week of Jake Luton under center uh, for the Jags as Minshew continues to heal his thumb. Uh, It doesn't sound like he's quite ready yet
1: yeah and real quick just going back for a second uh, there are no teams on a buy this week just wanted to clarify in case anyone was wondering um, so with that we'll move on to the running back injuries here Dondre swift of course uh, going through concussion protocol he's questionable swift experienced concussion symptoms late last week i believe starting on thursday so with the lions playing again on a short week on thursday swift may or may not Clear protocol by then. Uh, Usually, having delayed symptoms is a bad sign and and could take longer. So, monitor his status pretty closely over the next couple days. Antonio Gibson with an ankle injury. He's questionable. Uh, Gibson was held out of practice earlier today, but it could have just been precautionary with Washington playing on Thursday this week. So, monitor Gibson's practice status over the next couple days just in case. But as of right now, there's not too much concern that he's going to miss any time. Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, both on the COVID list. They are both doubtful to play this week. It's unlikely that they're going to be able to clear uh, the league's COVID protocols in time since Baltimore plays on Thursday. So Gus Edwards would likely lead this backfield in their absence. Rex Burkhead with the torn ACL. He is out for the year. Burkhead wasn't more than a spot start anyway in most leagues, but this does open the door for more work for James White going forward can be dropped in all redraft formats. Michael P. Ryan with an ankle injury. He's questionable. We're waiting to hear more details on this, but it doesn't sound like anything too serious as of right now. So stay tuned for updates later this week. Joe Mixon with a foot injury on IR. Uh, much like P. Ryan, we don't have much detail on this, but this has dragged on for weeks now. Uh, Cincinnati surprisingly placed him on IR last week. With Burrow out for the year now, there's not much incentive for the Bengals to rush Mixon back for the remainder of a lost season. He's no longer a must-hold in shallower redraft formats. Christian McCaffrey with a shoulder injury, he's questionable. As with Bridgewater, with Carolina's bye coming up next week, the team could choose to hold McCaffrey out and give their franchise running back that extra week of rest to get back to 100%. We'll see if McCaffrey can get in any practice time this week, which would give us a better indication of his timeline to return. Jay, uh, excuse me, David Montgomery concussion questionable. Players advance through the concussion protocol at their own pace, but with the two full weeks to recover, the odds are pretty good for Montgomery to return this week. Chris Carson with a midfoot sprain, he is probable. He was a game time decision last Thursday night, and it sounds like the Seahawks are hopeful that Carson will be ready to return. However, it is worth noting that Seattle plays on Monday night this week, so it could be a tough call for fantasy GMs depending on their other options, whether they want to wait on Carson on Monday night. Raheem Mostert with a high ankle sprain. He is on IR, but with San Francisco coming out of the bye, the expectation is that they will be activating him uh, this week, and he will return, so monitor his status over the next few days. David Johnson with a concussion. He's on IR. He's eligible to return in week 13, so Johnson is worth holding for the possibility that he'll be back by the fantasy playoffs. Miles Gaskin with an MCL sprain, he's on IR as well. Gaskin is eligible to return in week 12 against the Jets, but with Salvin Ahmed playing well in his absence, it could be more of a committee even once Gaskin returns. He's still worth holding in most leagues, but probably isn't a must-hold anymore in shallower formats. Devontae Freeman with a hamstring injury, he's on IR. He'll be eligible to return in week 14 against Arizona. So he's worth holding for the possibility that he'll be back for the fantasy playoffs. But that said, Wayne Gallman has played well in his absence, and it could be more of a committee here, too, uh, once Freeman returns. And finally, Austin Eckler with that hamstring injury. He is still on IR, but the early report is that Eckler is, quote, close to returning. So he could be back this week or next monitor his status closely going forward
0: and moving on to wide receivers uh, first up we have Julio Jones uh, who has a hamstring strain he's questionable Uh, his hamstring has been bothering him all season and it seems to be a chronic issue Uh, we'll see if Julio can play this week uh, as Atlanta did hold him out for two games earlier this year Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster he has a, a toe injury he's questionable Uh, It sounds like Juju could have returned to the game versus Jacksonville, but had it been uh, a a close game. But with uh, Pittsburgh playing Thursday night this week, uh, he's still something to monitor. Uh, Check on Juju's practice status over the next couple of days. Uh, Adam Thielen, he's on COVID IR. He's questionable. Uh, If Thielen was only exposed to someone who tested positive, then he could return in time for Sunday's game. If he contracted the virus, then Thielen would likely miss at least one game. Stay tuned. Stay tuned on him. Uh, Randall Cobb, foot injury, he's questionable. Uh, Cobb left the game versus New England after scoring early, and Kiki QT is the next man up if Cobb is out for any amount of time. Uh, John Brown, high ankle sprain, he is doubtful. Uh, Brown's leg got trapped underneath him and bent backwards on a tackle versus Arizona. He's out for at least another week, if not longer. Fantasy GMs should make other plans at wide receiver if they've been relying on Brown, but he should be held if Uh, possible given Buffalo's high-scoring offense. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he has a hip injury. He's doubtful. Sounds like Detroit has been uh, making sure Galladay gets back to 100% before uh, returning with the Thanksgiving game as a target. Uh, Monitor his practice status over the next couple of days. Uh, Debo Samuel, hamstring injury. He's questionable. Uh, We'll see if Samuel can return to practice this week with San Francisco coming out of their bye. Monitor his practice status this week. Brandon Ayuk, COVID IR, questionable. Ayuk can return if he tests negative for consecutive days, so we'll see how far along he is in his recovery. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, hamstring injury, questionable. Chenault hasn't returned to practice yet, and he'll need to get at least a couple of limited practices in before he can return. Uh, monitor his practice status this week. Uh, Julian Edelman, knee surgery on IR. Edelman has been moving well in individual drills, but he and he could return this week. Monitor his status over the next few days.
1: And at tight end, it's a short list here. We've got Zach Ertz with a high ankle sprain. He's questionable. The Eagles have designated Ertz to return, but he could need another week or two of recovery and reconditioning before he returns. So monitor his practice status this week and next. And Greg Olson with the plantar fascia rupture, he is on IR and likely out for the duration of the fantasy season. Although he could return in the NFL playoffs for Seattle, Olson wasn't a consistent fantasy producer even prior to this, so he can be safely dropped in all redraft formats.
0: I have a feeling Olson might be done in the NFL. Period.
1: Yeah, I mean he's got a cushy announcer gig all lined up, so yeah. yeah you know, I,
0: think, I, I think wasn't it? I think Fox tried to pick him up. Last year before this season. I could be wrong. One of them tried I think to
1: he actually had a deal already with deal one of the networks. Right. I don't remember which.
0: I think it was Fox, but well, I guess it's irrelevant. Um yeah, he's he's gonna be a good announcer. Yeah, All
1: I right. think so.
0: Moving on to the waiver wire ads. Uh we're gonna start with quarterbacks. And first up we have David Carr. <laughs> Derek, All right, Los. I know, right? <laughs> I, I did that on purpose, by the way.
1: I figured. I okay, figured. Okay.
0: Derek Carr, thirty-eight percent owned in ESPN, thirty-six in Yahoo. Carr played lights out versus Kansas City on Sunday night, and now gets uh, the Atlanta secondary that allows the most fantasy points to opposing QBs. He is a strong streaming option this week. Uh, Cam Newton, sixty-nine percent owned in ESPN, seventy-three in Yahoo. Uh, the Patriots' offense uh, has sputtered at times, but Newton continues to post decent fantasy lines and gets an Arizona secondary this week that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. He's rostered in most leagues, but is available in quite a few. tag. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Mung, can you help me out there?
1: Yeah, it's Tongo Viola.
0: Tungo Viola? Viola. Whatever, I'll figure it out eventually. Uh, 38% owned in ESPN, 41 in Yahoo. Uh, 2 got benched for his poor play versus uh, Denver, but expect a bounce back versus an awful Jets secondary. That's top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, Daniel Jones, 17% owned in ESPN, 28 in Yahoo. Jones was finally starting to rush more prior to the buy. And they'll face uh, a Cincinnati secondary this week that gives up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing QBs. It's likely to be uh, a demoralized team as well, uh, with Burrow now out for the year. Uh, Taysom Hill, 87% owned in ESPN, 43 in Yahoo. Uh, this figures to be a much tougher matchup for Hill than Atlanta uh, was in his first start. If he's in the waiver, if he ah, but if the waiver wire is Baronet QB, Hill at least offers a decent floor and ceiling due to his rushing production. Also worth noting that ESPN is likely actually has rescinded his tight end eligible status, uh, but he remains a decent QB streamer. I wonder if that number drops that 87. I I think that's very likely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and again, not the greatest play against Denver this week, but certainly has some good matchups coming up, uh, especially in the fantasy playoffs. If Breeze is still out at that point, um, and at running back, uh, you know, after we talked during that segment, uh, you know, James white was not our top running back priority uh, for the waivers, but I've moved him up because he should be, um, I, talking I to Dan Moore. um, So he's 36% rostered in ESPN formats, 40% Yahoo, because with Rex Burkhead now out for the season with that torn ACL, uh, White's going to resume his old role as the passing down specialist. He led the team with nine targets in New England's loss to Houston, and White could see a lot of PPR volume again uh, this week if the game against Arizona turns into a shootout. Gus Edwards, 28% ESPN, 7% Yahoo, and Justice Hill not rostered at all. With Ingram and Dobbins on the COVID list, we should see a heavy dose of Gus Edwards on Thursday night against Pittsburgh. It's a tough matchup, but Edwards is a volume-based RB2 or flex for this week for teams in need of short-term help at the running back position. Hill is also a desperation RB4, but could see some PPR production if the Ravens trail in the second half of this game. J.D. McKissick, 75%, ESPN 71 in Yahoo. Even in a quiet game against the Bengals, McKissick was third on the team in targets, still the fantasy RB27 going into Monday night, which underscores how barren the running back landscape is right now. McKissick should continue to be a solid PPR flex with upside going forward, given the target volume that he's seeing from Alex Smith. While McKissick is rostered in most leagues at this point, he could be dropped in quite a few after a relative dud. And Salvin Ahmed, 43% rostered in ESPN, 64% in Yahoo. He was again a workhorse in the Dolphins' loss to the Broncos, played 85% of the snaps on offense. As long as Miles Gaskin is out, Ahmed is going to be a volume RB2, has a great matchup this week against a Jets defense that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Wayne Gallman, 34% ESPN, 54 in Yahoo. Since Devontae Freeman's injury, Gallman has been a top 10 fantasy running back in points per game. Freeman could return soon, but until then, Gallman retain, remains a viable RB2 based on volume, especially given his goal line touches. Kalen Balaj, 74% ESPN, 78 in Yahoo. Balazs is rostered in most leagues, and a lot of these guys we're talking about were recommended waiver ads that we discussed last week. However, he remains available in some leagues out there and continues to be a volume-based RB2, given his volume of carries and receiving work. Frank Gore, 9% in ESPN, 10% in Yahoo. The veteran remained the lead back for the Jets coming out of their bye against the Chargers. And with LaMichael Pirine questionable with an ankle injury this week, Gore could be a volume flex with upside against the Dolphins' defense that's more susceptible to the run than to the pass. Adrian Peterson, 42% rostered in ESPN, 54% in Yahoo. Peterson did disappoint in a good matchup against Carolina with Detroit falling behind early. But if Dondre Swift misses the Thanksgiving game due to his concussion, Peterson will have another great opportunity against the Houston defense that gives up the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. If Kenny Galladay can make it back for Thursday, this game could stay closer and allow for more carries for Peterson. And finally, Tony Pollard, 22% rostered in ESPN, 19% Yahoo. And Benny Snell, 6% in ESPN, 5% Yahoo. If you're desperate, both of these running backs are high upside handcuffs with some standalone desperation RB4 production. Running backs thin out there, so if you really, really need help at the position, both of these guys could be viable.
0: And moving on to wide receivers, we will start with uh, Cole Beasley, 48% owned in ESPN, 52% in Yahoo. Uh, We talked about Beasley a few weeks ago, but his roster percentage has dipped back below 50% after a couple of rough weeks versus New England and Seattle. But with John Brown now out for multiple weeks with a high ankle sprain, Beasley could be a strong wide receiver too for as long as Brown is out. With Buffalo coming out of their bye, Beasley should be added before a potential shootout. Versus the Chargers this week, uh, Michael Pittman 26% owned in ESPN, 44 in Yahoo. Pittman again led the team in receiving versus Green Bay, despite only seeing three targets. He remains a boomer bust wide receiver four, but he has wide receiver two upside if River, if Rivers starts targeting him more, uh, with no one else coming along uh, as the Colts. Ah, no one else coming along. The Colts wide receiver is really stepping up um jacoby myers 51 percent owned in espn 59 in yahoo uh we recommended myers last week and he was inexplicably out targeted by both demir bird and Nikhil harry versus houston uh with new england's loss though hopefully they'll reevaluate and return to a winning formula in targeting myers as the centerpiece uh, of their passing game myers isn't as high of a priority uh, to add after a disappointing game but his high upside and potential shootout Versus Arizona remains high. Uh, Curtis Samuel, 66% owned in ESPN, 50% in Yahoo. Uh, despite P.J. Walker starting under center, Sam- Samuel saw plenty of targets and continued to produce. Uh, there's little consistency week to week uh, between the Carolina wide receivers, but Samuel remains a high upside wide receiver three in a great matchup versus Minnesota this week, whose top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Uh, Debo Samuel, 53% owned in ESPN, 51 in Yahoo. Uh, Samuel um, could return this week versus the Rams after battling a hamstring injury uh, the last few weeks. It's a tough matchup, but the 49ers utilize him on jet sweeps on, and uh, manufacture him targets in space. Uh, so Samuel remains a decent flex option with upside for teams in need of help at uh, wide receiver. Uh, Josh Reynolds, 14% owned in ESPN, 12% in Yahoo. Uh, Reynolds has surprisingly seen more targets than Robert Woods since week six. We'll see how the target share is split tonight, but if Reynolds continues to be involved in this Rams passing offense, he could be a wide receiver three with league winning upside with an easy fantasy playoff schedule versus Patriots, Jets, and Seahawks secondaries. Uh, Sterling Shepard, 60% owned in ESPN, 45% in Yahoo. Shepard has become one of Jones' most relied upon targets since his return from injury. And he's a high floor, low upside flex play in PPR going forward. Uh, He has added upside this week versus a Cincinnati secondary that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Mike Williams, 63% owned in ESPN, 68% in Yahoo. We recommend Williams last week in a juicy matchup versus the hapless Jets secondary. And once he came through with 72 yards and a touchdown... Buffalo is a much tougher matchup, but Williams remains a boomer bust flex play with upside given how well Justin Herbert is playing and the possibility of a shootout with Buffalo. Uh, Russell Gage, 10% uh, owned in ESPN, 7 in Yahoo. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but Gage led the team with 12 targets after Julio had to exit the game with his hamstring tightening up again. If Julio misses this week's game, Gage could be a desperation wide receiver 4 with some upside if he sees high target volume again versus a mediocre Raiders, Raiders secondary.
1: And at tight end, we're kicking it off with Jordan Reed, 13% rostered ESPN, 15% in Yahoo, and Rostwelli, 1% in ESPN, 2% in Yahoo. With Kittle out against New Orleans two weeks ago, Reed was the second was second on the team in targets with six. He's a solid streaming option for as long as he's healthy, with the added upside if Samuel or Ayuk were to miss this week's game again. Dwelly should be added in deeper formats for if and when Reed gets hurt as he's been prone to do so. Austin Hooper 63% in ESPN, 67% in Yahoo. We recommended Hooper on last week's show, and unfortunately that call did not work out against the Eagles. Still, Hooper tied the team uh, lead in targets with five, and part of Cleveland's passing issues can be attributed to the weather over the last few weeks. Hooper still has a decent floor and ceiling against Jacksonville this week, who was allowing the seventh most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, including a touchdown to Eric Ebron this past Sunday. Dallas Goddard 60% in ESPN, 72 in Yahoo, and Zach Ertz 58% in ESPN and just 55 in Yahoo. We mentioned last week how shocked we were at the low roster percentages for the Eagles tight ends. And even as, even in a disastrous offensive performance against Cleveland due to Wentz's poor play, Goddard came through leading the team in targets, receptions and yardage. There are few reliable options at tight end right now, and Goddard remains one of the best weekly upside plays. Ertz too could step back into a high target volume role upon his return and is worth adding preemptively if you have the roster space to spare.
0: Uh, And real quick, we'll go over some defenses um, for next week. Uh, First up, we have the Cleveland uh, defense. Uh, The Browns sacked Wentz five times, even without Miles Garrett, and uh, picked him off twice. Uh, Even on the road versus Jacksonville, they're a decent play, especially if Garrett can make his return. Uh, New York Giants, uh, Cincinnati was already allowing the sixth most fantasy points to opposing defenses given the state of their offensive line. Uh, The Giants are a good bet to come back and get some sacks uh, and turnovers in this game, especially with Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen under center with Burrow out for the year. Uh, Green Bay defense. Uh, The Bears have given up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing defenses this year, and Tyler Bray could be leading this putrid offense if Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky are both out.
1: Yep, we're getting down to the wire here, folks. Uh, As we mentioned earlier, the last two weeks of the fantasy regular season, so I know a lot of trade deadlines have passed, but uh, for leagues that still have trades, if you got questions or if you have questions on lineups, uh, waiver ads, whatever it might be, you can always find us on Twitter. We're happy to answer your specific questions there. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G.
0: And you can find me uh, at, FFA, at FFA underscore Dan. Uh, you can find los at FFA underscore los. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and all of the other places where you can find podcasts. Uh, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes.
1: Los should return uh, this coming week, but either way, hope everyone out there has a safe and happy Thanksgiving it's
0: a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it thanks mama is treating me to breakfast yep let me see your phone huh look here i download this mcdonald's app because when you buy any bagel sandwich like the steak egg and cheese bagel you get one free wait you just bought that on my phone that's right Now that you got mcdonald's money you could treat mama (laughs) okay ma you got it Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Valid through 10 222 at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. App download and registration required. Here at Total Wine and More, you'll find
1: what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices.
0: That rose you recommended was a hit. What should we try for more fun in the sun this weekend?
1: Your friends will love this refreshing, sparkling wine.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Wow. That price is refreshing, too. Find what you love, love what you find, only at Total Wine & More, with the lowest prices in the DMV.
1: Think responsibly, B21.